<laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's, let's go here to Genesis. I think that's what we're opening up. Again, we're talking about finding purpose. Finding purpose. And I know we're about to, we're about to get all uh, uh, set up here, get, get ready to rock and roll for um, fast week. Uh, we have two speakers a night starting tomorrow uh, at 7 o'clock, 7 to 7.45. Uh, we have uh, tomorrow's... Um, who? Tanya and who? And who? Oh, Jeanette and Tanya. Yeah, so come out and support them as you would want people to come out and support you. And again, it's fast week, so don't don't focus so much on your schedules. Fast your schedule and just get in, you know, get locked up with God. Right? Right, let's try that. Can we try that? I apologize, y'all. I'm looking at the wrong notes. I'm looking at Wednesday's notes. I was like, this don't look right. Today's not March 1st. <laughs> right? Uh, so uh, we should have a good time. We have, at the end of the week, we have a guest coming from Milwaukee, uh, Dr. Dwayne Smoots. He's going to do minister on Saturday. So, uh, you know, he's... Uh, might as well be family. He's on Guy Talk every week. Uh, we met him through uh, Jason's uh, family. Uh, but uh, good guy, good heart. Should have a good word for us. All right, let's do uh, Genesis 12. Took my Bible home by error. But it was on purpose because... I'm using the scrolls. This is, this is the Bible I have for a long time. All right, so I call it my scrolls. All right, so Genesis 12, and we'll start here at verse 1. It says, uh, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, right? And from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, Right? Right? Like, so he's telling them to leave familiar, leave what he's comfortable with. He says, and I will make thee a nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Of course, this is after your obedience to what I asked you to do. Right? And he says, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now he said, get thee out of thy house and from a place from where you are, and I'm going to send you to a particular place. So, you know, we've talked about this before. There's a certain grace or ability that is facilitated when we're in place and we're in position. So if he stayed out of place, he, it wasn't going to happen. And so God puts people in place to put people in place. We've talked about that before. God puts people in place to put people in place. We know 1 Corinthians 12, 18, God set the members in the body as it pleases him. So he places us in position as it pleases him. So once again, God puts people in place to put what? People in place. All right? And I want to read Nehemiah 1. 
Nehemiah 1, 6 through 9. And I believe this is King James Version. Nehemiah 1, verses 6 through 9. It says, let thine ear now be attentive. We talked about this in class. Like, let your ear be attentive and thy eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant. Right? So this is, uh, I said that wrong, but this is the, the man of God praying to God. Which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. It says, we have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not, key thing is, kept the commandments, nor statutes, nor judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee uh, the word that thou commandest thy servant Mo- Moses, saying, if ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn to me, this is a key point, if you turn to me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost parts of the heaven, yet I will gather them from thence. Look, I'm going to gather them and I'm going to bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. So God is saying that, you know, uh, you know, obviously in the culture because of uh, born in sin, people have sinned all over the place. So the man of God intercedes and prays, hey, okay, we've missed it, you know, but we repent of our sins because you know, the Bible says uh, if my people will humble themselves, right? 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 It talks about turning from their wicked ways. He says, then I'll heal the land. So he says, okay, we'll repent. So God says, okay. You guys are going to repent. And you're going to do my commandments now. Okay, then I'm going to bring you all back together. Right? I'm going to bring you all back together, and I'm going to put you in a place. Then I'm going to put you in a place where my name or my honor will be there. Right? And so, so again, God sets people in place to set people in place. Now, the interesting thing is we know in Acts, all the, uh, the, the different people that were scattered abroad came into a certain place. And it said that they came into a place, they were on one accord. It says the power of God fell. It says there was like clothing tongues of fire, right? And it says, it says they were speaking in so many different supernatural languages that everybody understood, right? But that's when people were in place, right? And so... As you keep, uh, as you go on further in the Bible, in Romans 8, uh, 19, we talk about it a lot. You know, it says, this, uh, 8, 18 says, the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And then verse 19 says, but all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to get in our rightful place, right? And that, that's, that's what it was about, one accord in one place. Even when he sent them to the upper room, he says, go to the upper room. It says, they were in one, on one accord in, in the same place, and then power fell, right? Something happens when we're in agreement, in harmony, in position, in place. So a lot of times we're trying to find, impur- find purpose, but we're not in a place to find purpose, right? And, and some, some of the things that we've, we've, been, we've tasted of the world has tainted us from picking up that signal to hearken to find the, our position and our place to be in. That's why we've been talking about here, finding purpose, right? And so, so the key to, to this is we got to stay on our rightful path. Proverbs 4 talks about don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right, but stay on that path. 
uh, uh, Matthew 7.13 says that there's a narrow way that leads to life and peace. So don't get off course. You know, don't get uh, frustrated in the waiting, right, as Pastor Mel just read. Now, now, now that brings us to Psalm 92.13. It says, and that's our scripture, uh, when we pray at the altar, we pray for salvation. We pray for rededication, baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the fourth thing we pray for is for either church membership or for people to be planted in this house. So we don't just pray for people to sign the role or um, just to, you know, uh, pay dues. No, it's about being planted. So we're, we're, so we're asking people to sign on to grow in the kingdom, to be disciples. See, because if people are just hovering around, there's things that's going to happen around them that they're going to misunderstand because they really don't understand because they don't understand the fundamentals. So it's like joining the team, but I'm on the team, but I never show up for practice. Uh, when we have team meetings, I fall asleep or I'm late all the time. So I really don't know what's going on. So now when it's time to play, which is the part I like, I'm frustrated that I'm on the bench or when I'm in the game, they pull me out after I made a shot. But I, but, but I was spending my whole time for the 15 minutes I was on the floor just looking for an opportunity to make a shot. I finally made a shot. They took me out of the game. But they were waiting for an opportunity to take me out of the game because for the first 10 minutes, I was all in the wrong places and I missed opportunities. And so now what I showed them is he doesn't belong out there because he doesn't know what we're doing. But I don't see I don't know what we're doing because I don't even miss not doing what I'm supposed to do because... I don't, know what I'm do- I don't know what they're doing anyway. My goal is not what we're doing. My goal is what I want to do, right? You see what I'm saying? So, of course, now I get sit down. But I'm thinking they tripping. I'm complaining because they're tripping. I have a friend of mine, uh, I'll say his name, Stan Jackson. He was the quarterback for Ohio State University at one time. And then he went on to play in Canada. So we were talking. He says, you know something? Me playing in Canada, I learned something. I missed a lot of plays in college. He said, in college, if I was under pressure because I had great legs, I could run. So I may run 10, 15 yards for a first down. So, uh, so all of us watching on, on TV, rooting for the guy of color that's playing. He was going in and out of the games with the other guys. They would put the other guy in sometimes, take him out. We were like, man, why he take him out? Look, he, con- look, he just ran for a first down. What we didn't see is if he'd have ran the play right, they would have scored a touchdown. And so what he said was, I recognize defenses better, and I recognize opportunities better. And I realized there's times when I ran when I should have thrown. But if I had quick recognition, I would have thrown. No one would have seen that watching him on the field, right? So he realized there was stuff that he didn't see. You know, see, he ran when he should have stayed in place. When he, if he stayed in place, he would have scored. He ran out of place, and, and he gained some success at the expense of the score or the fulfillment as it relates to our life. Does that make sense? So far, so, so again, uh, they to be planted in a house shall flourish in the court, Psalm 92, 13. So it's not they that come to the house, visit the house, uh, uh, from time to time chime in. Because this is what's, what's, what's tough for us. We want purpose, but we don't live in preparation. We don't live a consistent life uh, of purpose. You know, um, you know, one of the things uh, in the, the uh, spiritual authority book, uh, we haven't gotten to this yet in class, but like you live in communion. So if I live in communion, when I open my mouth, it's God. 
If I live in self, when I open my mouth, and sometimes it might be God, sometimes it might be me. So you can get tainted information if I'm a leader, then you're going to live a tainted life. But thank you following the right path. But I can't afford that. If I'm a parent, I can't just be saying anything to my son. You know, I can't talk to my son out of emotions. Well, I feel like you should be doing this. No, I got to tell him what God says. Because he's been purposed by God, not by Keith. You see what I'm saying? So I gotta, I, so, so I gotta make sure I'm hearing from God because I can destroy His life based on feelings. You see what I'm saying? So I gotta spend time in communion with God, not just for this congregation, but for my family. Like that's my wife. I can't just be telling my wife anything. You know, basically, look, she's shaking her head. No, you ain't telling me anything anyway because I ain't going for it. But I'm saying, like, like, like we're out here in Charlotte. I better have heard from God because otherwise, like this, this. We're in Chillicothe somewhere. Y'all don't even know what Chillicothe is, do you? Yeah, it's in Ohio. All right, we're in Chillicothe somewhere. The, the, the results are not the same because we're out of place. Do you understand? If we stayed in Columbus, Ohio, in familiar, I'm not saying there wouldn't have been no success, but it wouldn't have been what we're doing now, which is what God's supposed to do. We'd have been out of place. Okay, all right. Y'all with me so far? All right, so, so again, we, gotta, we have to try to, well, why is planning important? Planning is important because to find purpose, as we talked about the other week, we, we got to get lost in service. You find purpose in service. So when I'm planning, I'm, I'm going deep. My roots are going deep. And once my roots, if I'm the seed and I go, I'm going deep, it, that, the deeper I go, the more I get broken. The more I get broken, the more that's released on the inside of me. You see what I'm saying? But see, there's, there's some pride. There's, some, there, there's a hardness because we've gone through a lot. So I'll use Keith. I won't, I won't necessarily put y'all out there like that. I'll let y'all do that for yourselves. But, but the challenge with Keith is, first of all, he thought he knew too much, which he didn't know enough. And he had been through abuse so Keith, I'm talking about me, but <laughs> everybody might not know my name's Keith. All right, so, so he had been through so much. So, you know, I remember Karen, Karen used to always say this. She says, you know, uh, I met my cousin, and her only, you know, because brief time you meet somebody, so the only assessment was he got a chip on his shoulder. Now, what are you, were you 13 at the time? How old were you? Around 13? So she's assessing her cousin years later. Oh, yeah, he had a chip on his shoulder. At 13, she could see the chip must have been big, must have been a brick. You know what I'm saying? But it was true. I felt everybody owed me something because of what I went through. So I'm carrying around this shell. And so now I come to the kingdom and God's sending me people, taking me through circumstances because he's trying to get that treasure in, my, in that earthen vessel out. Earthen vessel out. He's trying to get me to fulfill purpose. So he sends me what it takes to break me. But I had mastered how not to be discomforted at all. You couldn't give me no discomforting words. I would blast you in a heartbeat. Matter of fact, by the time the conversation over, like I said the other week, you'd be like, well, maybe I'm tripping. Even though I'm the one tripping. Because, oh, my bad, man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. But you didn't offend me. You just told me something to make me uncomfortable. Right? So I had figured out how to get around that. I had figured out how not to be in any situation that was going to be embarrassing. Well, that's easy. Just don't do nothing. 
Don't take no chances. So faith is not an option there because faith means I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, I'm not doing nothing unless I know the actual outcome. Playing basketball, I ain't making no move unless I know I'm going to make the shot. Well, that's going to limit your shot, <laughs> your shot selection. So this is how I live. And then God sends me men of God, women of God, situations, a wife, you know, that, that's, that's breaking me. And I'm just trying to figure out a way around this thing. And, and so, so, so I read this book uh, by Watchman Nee called The Release of the Spirit. And when I, release it, when I read the book, everything in the book was what I was going through, but it was like, you running from the very thing that you need to release what's in you. See, I thought when I was praying for the blessings, I'm just going to get all this wonderful stuff, not this wonderful reproof, correction. So God says, and so I would go to God like, hold on, I just pray. You said you just give me what I want. No, you have what you, what you want. You just can't release it because you're suppressing it with all of your protective measures. He said, boy, you're going to have to learn how to float. He says, actually, everything I'm sending you, I'm sending to break you. If you allow it to break you, it's going to release what's in you and all the things you're looking for is going to happen. But I, I, I was like, man, almost broke me there. That's a good try, good try. Whoa, whoa, almost broke me. Like I was agile with it, right? Because you are not making me uncomfortable. So I wasn't dying to self. I was saving my life, not willing to lose it, okay? So I used me. I'm not, hey, you apply it the way you want to. I didn't say no names, did I? Didn't point out any particular person, did I? Right? If you're feeling something pulling on you on the inside, I'm talking to you. Right? Well, but see, now in the hallway, if you're feeling something, I'm talking to you. So don't say who you think you're talking I didn't say your name. But see, what's really inside you just located you for the people that are watching out there in video land. All right, so one of the things that helps us with this process is being faithful in that which is another man. So we talked about that the other day, you know, in Luke uh, 10, Luke 16, 10 through 12. But we talked about Philippians 2, 3, and 4. 3 says, esteem others better than yourself. All right, that's not how most people operate. And then it says, look not every man on the things for himself, but look, man, look every man on the things of others, right? So I go into my marriage, my whole relationship boot camp coming up at the end of, the, end of, the, end of April, right? My whole... Every day I get up, it's all about, besides God number one, that's my communion with God, is my covenant. So it's, I want to make her dreams come true. I ain't worried about my dreams. Because I understand if I make her dreams come true, God going to make mine come true. What I make happen for her, God makes happen for me. Right? If I start serving me, and she is serving me, now I'm a hoarder, I'm greedy. Because I'm eating her fruit, she's a tree, bring, uh, producing her fruit in her season, right? I'm eating her fruit from her tree and my own fruit, which you don't, apple trees don't eat their own apples. Everything in you is for somebody else to partake of, right? Just stay with me, okay? All right, all right, so just, just want us to process through this. And so, so I, I was meditating on how we're trying to find purpose, but I noticed some people in the Bible, when, when they discovered what they really was purposed to do, they, they, got, they were found in serving. And I, I was thinking, 
Remember Ruth? She found Boaz. She was lost. She was serving. Whatever the wheat or whatever they <laughs> whatever she's doing, she was lost in serving. And Rebecca was found in serving. She was at that well, right? We, we were reading through Genesis. And her focus wasn't looking for no man. She was operating her default. She was out there, hey, hey, you come from a far away. Let me give you something to drink. Let me take care of you. You know, so she's lost in serving and rolled up on the servant that came to discover her was looking for someone with a servant's heart. And she ended up like phenomenally blessed. <laughs> but she was lost. I was, just, I, I was just thinking through all this lost in serving. Actually, I found my wife at church at the altar. But suppose she, she was singing, she was serving in the choir. Suppose she wasn't at church at the altar that day. Oh, just, I ain't go to the church. I was dropping off a friend's car. And I was sitting in the, that's how God be moving. I was sitting in the hallway. I'm out in the hallway. I'm out in the hallway, and God moves for me to come inside while the prayer was going on. I could matter of fact, I was like, I'm going to wait till they come out. You know, I'm in the hallway, but then, you know, people was praying. I was like, well, let me come in, you know, praying for salvation and stuff. I said, well, let me get in the sanctuary to be a part of that, thinking about serving as an intercessor. Then they did an altar call. I was like, well, hey, I'm here. Might as well get some prayer, too. And that's when, I, that's when I, I grabbed her hand. But guess what? I found her in serving. Just let that marinate for a second. You know, just... See, the scripture says, occupy to where I come. Right? Like, 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 when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith? Right? See, I was thinking through, okay, Luke, Luke, Luke. Luke, 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 Luke 5. Let's go to Luke 5. See, because we're trying to find purpose, but are we in place to find purpose? Are we really in place to find purpose? I, I think, you know, I'm from Newark, New Jersey, and, and uh, don't get mad at anybody watching, but uh, I'm from a culture where people played the numbers a lot. Like, you know what the numbers is? And, 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 and I don't always have, like, the breakdown of how they figured the number, but, but I know it has something to do with, you know, I don't know. I think they just randomly pick, like, uh, like if somebody won a race and the race was uh, 757, 657 million, then 657 would be the number or something, something like that. It was, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm from Newark, New Jersey. We ain't saying nothing about South Carolina. Just, so just stay out of this conversation because it's a whole nother. Right, so, 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 and I remember, you know, uh, Mr. Smith would come by and they, they would play the numbers, straight and box, you know, five, straight, you know, we, you know, so, so straight is whatever the number is. Box is any variation of those three numbers. Look, I was a kid and I knew it, you know. Now, go and tell Mr. Smith, this is what I want. They give me a little sheet, and I go to Mr. Smith, these are the numbers, and give him his money, you know, a dollar on such and such or whatever. Right, but they also uh, played a lot of the lottery. They, but this is interesting. I noticed something. 
they served the lottery. It was consistent. It wasn't, no, every once in a while. No, no, no. Every day, either they would or they would send us to get those lottery tickets. Consistently. And, and, and sometimes by the time they hit, the, hit it, they would just get the, the money or less than the money they already spent. But nobody's like really measuring, calculating like that. Right? But, but what I said is like they were consistent with it in waiting for what? They hit the lottery, whatever, they hit the lottery. Uh, but, but they were lost in it. And can we do that in the kingdom? Can we get lost in, as we were talking about, uh, getting lost in serving? But let's look here at Luke 5. Because I, 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 I've seen this, but I never really paid it as much attention as I did recently. And we're talking about finding purpose. So verse 1, it says, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word, what were they doing? So pressed, okay, all right, pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets, Right? And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little further from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, the reason why he did this is because they, they didn't have a microphone system. So what he did was he got in a boat, pressed out further from the shore, and so now his voice is bouncing off the water and amplifying. So that's why it was intentional. So basically, he asked him to use his boat. Could you offer what's, what's important to you so I could use it to preach? Does that make sense? All right, you see that. All right, it says, now when he had left speaking, so that means Simon obviously didn't leave. Let him use his boat. When he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. So he's saying, now that you've served me first, I know what you guys do for a living. Go on out there and put your net out. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to let the net down. What he's saying is, I'm a professional fisherman. We already know it ain't nothing biting today. But after he heard the sermon, he was like, at your word, I think I'm, we're going to let down the net. But he let, so, so, so it's singular here. He let down a net, right? Doesn't it say, I will let down the net, right? But if you think about what Jesus said, launch out to the deep, go deeper. We're talking about planting, right? He says, and let down your nets for a drop. But he let down the net. And when, when they had done, uh, it says, and when they, had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net singular break. Their net break. Right? And look, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. So they still they wasn't ready with the net and they weren't even ready with the ships. And when Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Like, he, based on him seeing at his word this happened, 
and we do this professionally, he saw the power of God and all he could think was to worship, right? For he was astonished and all that were with him for at, at the draught or the catch of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of, sons of Zebedee, they were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not, this is when he's calling them now, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. He spoke out purpose in all that they were doing. Look, look. And they recognized purpose. <laughs> Verse 11. It says, and when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Oh, we're going to get lost in this now. Because they realized the true Like, that, look, what they said is, we got more fish in one moment than we got in all the toil we've been doing probably for this whole year. What's, what was this a result of? Being faithful in some kingdom stuff? Oh, no, no, no. If this is how it rolls, because we didn't ask him for fish. We didn't ask him about our business. We just gave my boat. He was mindful of our business because we was mindful of his kingdom. And be, when they, they forsook all, they, they discovered their purpose that day. Right? Because what? They got lost in serving. Right? Luke 9. Let's go, let's go to Luke 9. It's only a couple chapters over. Uh, we'll, we'll lock in here on uh, verse 57 because this planning, getting lost in service to find purpose is what discipleship is about. Discipling, uh, discipline in following and being consistent and staying the course, all that does is assist us in being ready for what our gift and ability is going to produce. I gave you the story this morning of the gentleman that started a business and just like anybody else who started a business, you want that instant return. And, and, I, and I told you, I, what I shared with him, I said, yeah, but if you get an instant return, your success is going to crush the business. Because if, it's, if it happens right away, you're not ready for it. It's just like, you know, you start a church, or you pioneer plan a church like we did with just me and my wife. Yeah, of course, you want to rush to have people, but you can't rush people at the expense of the foundation. Because then... then you know, you have thousands of people come, who's going to serve them? The, 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 the people that sometimes come, sometimes don't. Sometimes they're on their responsibilities, sometimes they're not. No, when people get solid, they can handle it. You know, if you're faithful at least, you're ready for the much. So, so God takes his time in the waiting to develop disciples so the foundation is solid to handle what all these, all these gifts in here is going to produce. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So Luke uh, 9, 57, right? Is that what I told you? Yeah. All right. It says, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. So he's basically saying, I want to be a disciple, right? And Jesus said unto him, the uh, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have not where to lay his head. He wasn't saying he didn't have a house. You study through the scriptures, Jesus had a house. 
what he was saying is, because of what I do for the kingdom, I'm not settling in any comfortable place. So you sure you want to follow me? (laughs) Right? It says, and he said unto another, follow me. So he listened to what the guy is. Guy said, but he said to another, follow me. Same thing he said, pretty much he was saying to the disciples. When he said, follow me, he was saying, hey, become my disciple. Follow me. Right? But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Okay, okay, you want me to follow you? Hold on, let me take care of some business first. Right? Let me get myself together first. Let me have my fun first. Let me complete this job first. Right? Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Now he's like telling them what he's purpose to do. Right? And, and another said, and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. He says, he says because we're considering too many other things. Yeah, I'm going to be all in, planted in place once I get, done, get this done or once I finish that. Oh, once I take care of that, well, you know how fam is. You know, I got to do this with fam. You know, I'm raising such and such, this, that, and the other. God's saying, see, see, you're not fit for the kingdom. Stop asking me about purpose. Because purpose requires you to be locked in and be disciplined. Purpose is not all or, all or none. Like, like, I haven't neglected my wife and my son as I've been fulfilling purpose. I just had to change how I maximize my time. So I don't just get up early in the morning because it's a fun thing to do. She tell you this morning, I was not trying to, listen, that alarm went off. I was like, really? Like, and I'm, I'm not like that. She'll tell you, she, I said, I told her when we was driving here, I said, I said, baby, I was struggling this morning. She said, yeah, I know. Well, well why does she know? Because she knows when the alarm goes off, my feet is hitting the floor. My feet did not hit the floor when the alarm went off. Matter of fact, I went back to sleep. Okay. So you have the full sound effect. My wife's like, nope, yeah, <laughs> right? And so, so, but I was feeling like, well, you know, if I don't go to the gym today, I have full rest, I'll be real energized. I was trying to talk myself into not getting up. But I have a default. So I got up. I mean, I, I got up and just started moving. Then when I started moving, what, what hit my head was, once I get on that bike, my adrenaline's going to kick in and I'll be ready to rock and roll. And so I did, but I wouldn't have been on the bike at the time when a guy texted me and was talking about spiritual authority and I was reading a spiritual authority book. You see what I'm saying? Like everything connects, right? So, so what I'm saying is like, like I do early in the morning, first of all, is before I even come here. So I get everything done. Before I, before I drop my wife off, I say drop her off, but I participate too in the, in the, the sound checks and stuff, Right? You know, but all these different things early in the morning is because most of the day is going to start later. So, so when I first, when I was, when my son was at home, I had to serve them. And so I was like, I got to find a way because I got to serve my family. But I got to, God has to be first. I said, but, but, 
with, with the questions, the demands, the needs, like I ain't going to never get no time with the Word. So you know what I did? I got up two hours before I had to go anywhere. Had to be to work at seven? I got up at four. I, I know that's three hours, but I had to give myself a couple hours with God. Uh, we had to, no, I got up at five when I had to go to work. We had practice for our basketball program at six. I got up at four. Why? So what I did was I said, I'm not cheating God. God gets first. So if, 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 if the demands are greater, I'm going to shift everything to make sure God still gets his first. And so if you looked at my life, you would still see things going, getting done. But I still had my time with God. I had to adjust my schedule. Right? Not go, well, can't do that because I'm doing this. Right? And you'll find, does God have to remove that? Yeah, I can't, I can't do you, God, because I'm doing business. Does he have to remove it? I can't tithe because I got a lot of money now. Oh, no problem. I'll just lower the amount of money you make. Would that help? I mean, it had a little sarcastic edge on it, but, but I wasn't trying to be sarcastic. I'm saying, step, let's step back and look. Are we actually seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness so all things can be added, including purpose? And this is the thing. You don't have to find purpose. Purpose will find you if you're in service. See, because seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness means I'm a spiritual magnet to attract everything that's a part of my life that's going to fulfill me, including purpose. So the more I go deeper in God, the more I create such a magnet. Like, like you ever see those storms that the trees and everything get knocked down? When you're doing kingdom work first, you're creating such a wind of attraction for, for people to support you. Things to galvanize together to assist you. Resources to show up. Doors to be open. It's almost like, you know, when you watch those movies, you know, you see shutters going off, all types of stuff. That's what's happening in the spirit realm every time you go deep into God. Right? And, and because the adversary had put up all these barriers to keep you from fulfillment. He's okay with your success because that's going to be temporary. He knows as long as you don't have a foundation, it's not going to last. He's worried when you do kingdom work first. And he set up all these barriers so I, I, I can see visually the demons and all these things that they set up, knocking them upside the head. Because every time you go deeper in a purpose, it's creating such a wind. Somebody stop them from doing God's will, please. Right? Like the, the, the adversary hates when we do that because we're unstoppable in his will. Oh, we're very stoppable in our own will. We're almost a joke. It's almost funny. The devil actually waits when we're, we're in our own will. Oh, no, 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 no. Why are you panicking? Who? Pete. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, let me put him up on the screen. Oh, no, he with us. Yeah, yeah, he with No, I know he's talking scriptures and stuff like that. Well, he ain't been planted and went deep ever in his life. Don't worry about it. He's with us. Oh, yeah, we can snatch him at any time. Hey, tell you what, this is what I want you to do. Just let him keep going. Yeah, 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 let him keep going. Throw some successes in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, 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 we, we, don't we got, we got Bob on the payroll, right? Bob's on the payroll? That's the supervisor? Yeah, tell Bob to give him a promotion. Yeah, give him a promotion. Yeah, no, 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 don't worry about it. Yeah. Who's the boss here? Stop complaining. Don't worry about it. 
You know, we want him to get high because people are start following him. We need people following him. So, oh, the foundation, listen, I'm looking right here on the computer. The foundation is, is terrible. Oh, yeah, we can cave that in at any time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we don't want to just, just cave in his life. We want to get all the other lives. And so right now he has people, like, he's actually giving testimonies and stuff. Yeah, believe it or not, yeah. All right, so, so, so just, I'll let you know when the right time for the push the button. Yeah, we got more detonators than this person. We can blow up everything around them. All right, just check back with me. But no, 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 that's cool. You don't have to worry about him. He with us. All right, talk to you later. Is that you? Who are you with? <laughs> Who are you really with, right? We got to ask ourselves when, we, when God is telling, positioning us into a place, can we settle or plant there? Not just visit there. You know, Scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. You know, in uh, Psalm 46.10. Scripture in Exodus 14.13 and 14, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Right? That be still, stand still, stay in the waiting and watch what I do. Can Can we plant ourselves? Right? And, and no matter what storms, winds, other people doing stuff, can we stay locked in? But at the first sign of things being uncomfortable, are we going to flip and trip? Now, we read uh, Genesis 12. Uh, uh, let's go back to Genesis. Because we read 12, 1 through 3, when God was telling them to go. Right? Let's go back there real quick. So, so our point here is, can we... Stay in place. You know, because sometimes we, we get in place, but we can't stay. Oh, you know, such and such talked about me. Or such and such, you know, they're too critical or, or they're too arrogant. Or they think they know everything. Or they're not sensitive to my feelings. They hurt my feelings. They hurt your feelings because they're growing to figure out how to communicate certain things. You know, everybody doesn't know how to share truth because we're not, we haven't been in a true society. So sometimes we get worked up and share truth. You know, you know, so, so I'm going to get worked up. Terrence has been lazy. Like, man, you lazy, man. He might have hurt me, but I think the attitude is what he really hurt. And where did the attitude come from? I was afraid to tell Terrence he was lazy. I could have shared some things with Terrence for Terrence to discover he's lazy. I tell people stuff all the time. Listen, I done told people they were fat. I done told people they were lazy. I done told people they didn't handle that right. But at no time was I in a position of of, of putting them down or demeaning them. And I I knew they had landmines all around them. And, and, and there were so many people that wanted to tell them, but they couldn't tell them. So I had to be, it was like special ops. Remember the teaching special ops from a long time ago? It's like special ops. I, I had to be good, you know, you know, I had to get these. So the, the person that wanted to talk to them, I was like, okay, follow me. Take the same steps I take. You know, there's landmines out here. You know, you don't want to just be stepping all over the place. You're going to blow up. No, no, don't, don't take the same steps I take, man. 
you know, this walk like, and, and we had to get through all the landmines to get to the person's heart to give them a truth, not to hurt them or to put them down so they can get to purpose too. Right? So they can experience their brokenness. Right? So God can release what's in them, the treasures hidden in the earthen vessels. But we're, we, we, we got to be better with that. And so sometimes when we have to tell the truth, we run out of place. Sometimes when we hear the truth, we run out of place. But can you stay in place to hear the truth? First of all, if you can't hear the truth around here, something's wrong. Because ain't nobody trying to put you down, this, that, and the other. We just, what's not exposed can't be helped. That's, hey, if, if you knew and you come around here, that's how we roll. What's not exposed can't be helped. So we're going to expose it. Now, when we really get cool, we're going to have fun with the exposure. You know, but if you're sensitive, we probably got to, like, walk on eggshells for a while till you realize we're all family. You know, then when somebody show up to the, the uh, spiritual authority class, Trina can pick with them and say, we're waiting on you. <laughs> Without the person getting offended. Right, right Mr. Lamar? Amen. <laughs> right? See, see, well, he's not offended because we family. We, we know, we know we, each other. And he definitely not going to be offended because of the, 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 the challenges that he's had to deal with, the truth that he had to embrace, but the blessings on the other side. So right now, if he ever get offended with any of y'all again, come tell me. Because he ain't got no reason to get offended with nobody. He should see the benefits of embracing the truth by now. Amen. Right there, that right, brother. Right? You know, so, so, so you understand what I'm saying? That's, that's what it's about. So, so can we stay planted or settle there? Now, now, this is interesting because this is a pattern. Uh, so it's not just hearing and knowing what to do. Look here. So after he told them everybody's going to be blessed by you, verse 4, uh, Genesis 12, 4. Right? Did I, I told you that, right? Did I tell you that? Yeah, 4. It says, so Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken. That's a good thing, right? As the Lord has spoken unto him, and Lot with him. Now, the Lord didn't tell him to take Lot with him. So he didn't do that right, right? And it says that Abraham was 70 and five years old when he departed out of Haran, right? And that was named after his brother, right? Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go to the land of what? What land? Canaan. And into the land of Canaan, they what? So they actually arrived in the land of Canaan, right? Okay. Right. And Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Shechem in the plain of Morai, and the Canaanite was then what? In the land, right? Right. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, unto, unto thy seed I will give what? This land. Canaan, right? It says, and, they, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain unto the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and, and high, uh, Hai, I'm sorry, on the east. And, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord, Right? And Abraham journeyed going on still to the south. Okay, right? So he, he obviously he's, he's, he's circling this land. Look at verse 10. And there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down into Egypt and, so, and so 
sojourned there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he had came near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarah's wife, Behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. He said, you know, tell him you're my sister. So we read through this uh, for the people that's uh, listening to the Bible Study Fellowship maybe uh, a week or so ago. You know what's so interesting about this? <laughs> Reading ahead for the people that's the Bible Study Fellowship, when Moses and them was, was going to be released from Egypt, where were they sent? To the land of what? Canaan. When God told him I was going to bless you, he says I'm going to send you to a place. What was that place? Where, was, where did he go to? Canaan. He was in Canaan. Why did he leave? Because there was a famine. Because of circumstances. Not because, it didn't say God told him to leave. It said he left because the famine was grievous. Now you would say it was a famine. What should he do? Well, if you, we're about to get into this, uh, Genesis 26. I think that's the next chapter for the Bible study fellowship in the morning. So, I'll, so I'm giving you some advanced information. There was a famine in the land when Isaac was there. The scripture says, Isaac sold in the time of famine and received a hundredfold. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go to Genesis 26. Genesis 26. I know we're going to read this this week, but, you know, advanced information, right? Bible study fellowship, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on a conference line every morning. Conference line information is on the website. All right, so Genesis 26, verse 1. Look, it says, and there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, right? It says, and Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of Philistines, unto Gerar. Now look here, verse 12. It says, then Isaac sold in that land in the time of famine and received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. It says, and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. And just in case we don't know what great means, it says, for he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants and the Philistines envied him. So Abraham could have sold in the time of famine too. He didn't necessarily have to leave Canaan. God already told him, I'm going to bless you there. See, a lot of times we're in place, but we let circumstances intimidate us and we get out of place. Well, I can't believe they talk to me like that. Let them talk to you like that. What do you care? You're in place. Well, they, they, they always correcting me. Well, I suppose I want to wear such and such. Your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. Glorify God. And spirit. Who cares? You're in place. Amen. Like, like, listen, I know people that work for major designers. Once they get really caught into working for the major designers, they realize these people are crazy. But they don't leave. Because of the money. There's a lot of people watching and in here doing stuff because of money. But we can't do stuff because of God? You know, talk about dressing modest. That's not how I want to dress. You don't do like, dress like that at work. If you do, lead a job. 
You understand? Like, like there's dress codes. Listen, I used to have a baby face. You know why? I never shaved. And I never wanted to shave. People was like, you got a little peach fuzz on your chin, you need to shave that. It's like, you shave. But I knew once I started shaving, the hair was going to grow back faster. So I was like, no, I'm good. I didn't shave all the way up till I was 20-something years old when I got a job as a housing inspector. You had to shave for the job. I shaved for the job. That was the authority. That was the protocol. You want the job, you got to shave. I would have never shaved. Now I got to deal with shaving all the time now. God, I got to put skin care on my face. I ain't had to put no skin care on my face. My face was fine. Do you understand? You, I, you make a, we make adjustments all the time. We only fight against the kingdom adjustments. Even when we out there kicking it. She don't like what they doing, but you doing it. You're talking like it. You're changing your style to conform to it. Even if it's coming against God, all to get accepted. But we don't want to be accepted by the Father. All right. I'm just saying. There's <laughs> something to think about, right? Right. So, so think about this. Like, like, can we stay in place? This thing. We're tempted to be uprooted from our place when we desire again to be in bondage. Like when, when we go into fear, when Abraham went into to fear, now he's, he's taking on fear, wrapping, cloaking himself in fear, making a fear move. Now he's going to be bound by fear. And the next thing he did was, oh, okay, you know, just in case they're going to take us out, tell them you're my sister. That's where the lie comes from. But in the presence of God, he, and he in place, he ain't got to tell his wife to lie. Think about when our lives start. Because we don't want nobody to, to, to hear or see the truth. You see what I'm saying? Like, 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 we're tempted to get uprooted when we... Des- uh, look, give you scripture. Just don't take my word for it. Y'all go study this stuff out. Search the scriptures to see if it's so. Go research, study it out. Bible school, we talk about, get you a concordance, get you a biblical encyclopedia. This is my open Bible. It's my scrolls, actually, so it's been through wars. Um, I'm hoping I have that chapter in this book. Uh, Some of my chapters fell out. Galatians 4. I think Galatians 4 is still in here. Is it? As you can see, this is kind of all marked up, so it's kind of hard to find the Galatians 4, but it's in here. It was embedded in all the writing. All right, this is actually the chapter that I was reading the day that I asked the Lord, uh, Lord, I want the perfect woman. He says, well, what's she going to get? And then he showed me a vision of the, what the perfect, the, one, the woman that I, that he had for me will want. She needed a man of God. Scared the life out of me. I said, I need to get in the word. So I was actually in Galatians, the book of Galatians. And I marked up the whole book that day. That was uh, 1991. That was right before I met uh, my wife a year later. I just thought I'd share that. I guess maybe that's why I bought the Bible. But anyway, Galatians 4, 1 and 2. 
It says, uh, it says now I say that, no, we're not reading that. Verse 8, I'm sorry, Galatians 4, 8. It's my favorite scripture, so. Well, Galatians 4, verse 8. It says, how be it then when you knew not God and did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. So when we're out here compromising, we're serving people that are no gods, right? It says, but now after, after that you have known God, or rather known of God. So once I get in place, now I'm back into an intimate relationship with God. I know God now, right? I'm rolling with God, serving in the kingdom. It says, how turn ye again to the weak and beggary elements where ye desire again to be in bondage? Why do I get locked in and then go back out? Right? This is what it's saying. It says, once you get in place, just stay in place and then grow in place. Like, like these trees that are planted, they don't have the options we have. When the storms and wind come, they go, oh, man, why they plant us here? Man, it's just too much rain over here, man. It's too, man, them winds is kicking. Man, let's go someplace else. No. They stay rooted and they grow in the midst of the storm. Right? No matter what comes at them. And they end up flourishing. Keeping it real, some weeds know better than us. Like some of these tall trees back here used to be weeds. They just kept growing. In the midst of all the storms. You know why? Because they were planted. Right? And so, so that's going to be the thing that we're going to need to do. So can we stay planted in Christ and really let these old things pass away? So when we sign on to Christ, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, what? He's a new creature. Right? Right? Old, old. This is, one of the, this is one of the memory scriptures here at the church So, for the survival kit class, the discipleship class. So, and, and it's one of the, is that one of the, that's, that's not one of the, is that one of the morning scriptures? That's one of the morning scriptures. So they, you know, we go through scriptures in the morning and just try to make sure we remember them and remember them, remember, remember. Recite them the right way. Thank you for that correction. Right? So if any man be in Christ is a new creature, Right? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things what? Are becoming new. Are they new already? But if I get out of place and I'm not rooted, will they ever become new? See, once I, once I come to Christ, this is saying who, this is the reality of what, what you're going to become. When that child is born, that, that's not the final reality. That's not the truth. What the child is purpose to do is the truth. Just like when that acorn falls out of the tree. That is not the truth. The final reality is that acorn is going to be an oak tree. The caterpillar is going to be a butterfly. That's what truth means. Final reality. Finished product. So that scripture is saying if you're in Christ, planet in Christ. Right? All things are passed away. It didn't say all things are gone. So I got to stay in Christ, let the old things pass away. When all those layers of the old things come off, behold, all things are become new. But in all honesty, those treasures are now being revealed and they're flourishing out of me because I've allowed the brokenness to break off the old things. You see that? But I got to stay planted. Does that make sense? 
I got to stay planted. Second Corinthians 5.17, right? So let's, let's look here at Luke 9. And I'm so sorry we don't, we're not going to get the rest of this. Because next week we're going to talk about renewing the mind, so... I'm not going to keep you here, so Luke 9, I had something I was supposed to read to you guys. Maybe I'll read that. All right, so Luke 9, verse 23, Luke 9, verse 23. All right, so, so again, we have to let these old things pass away. We have to stay buried. Planet is being buried. We have to stay buried. We can't resurrect ourselves. Let the Lord resurrect us, right? And so Luke 9, 23 says, he said unto them all, if, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, right? Take up his cross daily and follow me, right? So, you know, that's, that's a Zipporah scripture, right? So deny self, take up my cross and follow. Now, he continues to, to communicate. He says, for, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Now, when he's talking about saving his life, he's talking about saving the old life, right, that's supposed to be passing away. Basically, and when it says shall lose it, it's talking about the becoming new life. It says, but whosoever will lose his life, the old life, for my sake, the same shall save it, and that is the new life. It says, uh, for what man, for what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself and be a castaway, right? And then it says, for whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words of him shall the son of man be ashamed. And when he shall come in his own glory and in his father's, and in his father's image of the holy angels, right? So, so again, we're trying to hold on to the old when we got to let it go. We're being defensive. We're fighting for things and sometimes we fight for things, not because we're evil. We don't realize what we're losing. That's what it is. We, we think we're gaining when the whole time we're losing. And then a lot of times, you know, 10, 15 years go by, and you'd be like, man, I done wasted all this time. I could have been doing this. You know, it's just like the, 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 the reason why they uh, forsake all and followed him, because it was like, man, all this time we thought we was gaining. We could have been doing kingdom work first. Oh, no, no, no. We've forsaken all and doing kingdom work first. We're going to lost in doing it, it God's way. So the scripture tells us in Philippians 3 to forget the things that are behind us, right? We know that our, body's not, our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price, right? Right. right? So uh, the scripture says they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Um, and so they that are after the flesh receive the rewards of bondage. They that are after the spirit is the ones that get free. And so, so, so again, now I just want to, re, I'm about to read something to you from the, uh, spiritual authority, but we have to ask ourselves, why do we keep offering our Ishmael's on the platform of purpose? And so we're reading through Ishmael, the story of Abraham and Ishmael, and what happens is God promised them a child, you know, to fulfill his purpose to have a nation. So after 11 years go by, they said, well, maybe we should help God. And she says, well, take my handmaiden, you can have my handmaiden child's birth, and then the handmaid looking at her sideways because I got, I got a seed. And even when the child's born, it's going to be like, well, we were first. 
not we were purposed, <laughs> right? And so when God comes to Abraham to bless him, he says, based on what I told you, I'm going to bless you, you know, for purpose, for a nation. So he grabs his son and says, oh, that Ishmael might live before you, meaning that this is the representative of the promise of the nation. And God says, they ain't got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I told you Sarah was going to birth a child from me. My promise and, and, and what I told you, my purpose for you is going to come through the seed that I birthed through your barren wife. But how many times when God tells us stuff do we offer our compromises, our Ishmael's on a platform of purpose? In other words, we think our qualifier for a purpose should be what we put our hands on, not what God has approved, right? So we're trying to find purpose, bring, not letting the old things pass away, but bringing the life of the old things on a platform of purpose. Now, why would somebody do this? You know, why would we reason or justify our compromise? Like, why would Abraham even do that, right? See, Reason is the voice of the flesh. The voice of the flesh is the old man and his deeds that we're supposed to be dying to, right? And the old man and his deeds needs reason to justify it. But we're supposed to be letting the old man die. You don't have to read the whole thing, but write it down for yourself in Romans 6, uh, 1 through 6. Romans 6, 1 through 6. You know, it talks about casting off the old man and his deeds, mortifying your members as instruments of, of, of righteousness. Like we keep bringing our, our, what we wanted to do, what we're trying to fix, what we're trying to make right, all of our Ishmael's, right? As opposed to removing the Ishmael and embracing the Isaac. Something that's birthed from God through you, not your hands. He said, when I, he, says, he says, remember the Lord thy God who's given thee the power to get wealth. Right? He says, when I blessed you with silver and gold, uh, when I bless you with, with, with houses, when your flocks multiply, when your silver and gold multiply, he said, don't forget the Lord thy God for it is he that giveth thee the power to get this wealth. Right? See, if we do something, we're going to say, yeah, my power, my might, and that's what he said in uh, Deuteronomy 8.11. Uh, you're gonna, you forget God and say, my power, my might has gotten me this. See, because you're offering your compromise on a platform of purpose. And so we got to watch that, and we got we to gotta kill reason. We're going to get through this, and we're going to talk about this in, in um, uh, spiritual authority school, but I do want to give you this. Just uh, because I thought this, this would be uh, rich for us uh, in our spiritual authority book. It's uh, page 100. And the heading here is recapturing the captive mind. Recapturing the captive mind. All right, so it says this. It says in the Greek uh, New Testament, the word pneuma or pneumata is used six times. You know, in Philippians and some other scriptures, you know, think on these things. It's talking about your mind. So he's using the word uh, nomen to talk about your mind. Think on these things. Uh, don't, don't, 
uh, Satan blinds the minds of men, right? The thoughts of men. Uh, when it talks to cast down all imaginations and every I think that, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring every thought into captivity. So it keeps using the, this word for thought. It says, it is translated into English as thought or thoughts, meaning the devices of the mind. The thoughts are the devices of the mind. Mind is the faculty. Device is its actions. The product of the human mind is basically, right, you have the mind who's the faculty that holds it, and then you have the thoughts are the actions, right? Through the faculty of the mind, man freely, freely thinks and decides. And this represents the very man himself, how he thinks and decides. Ed talked this morning about what? Choices, right? It says, and it says, thus, if one wants to preserve his freedom, he has to say that all his thoughts are good and correct. So if a person wants to preserve to be free to compromise, he has to approve that Everything I'm thinking is correct. So how does he does do that, right? He dare not open them to interference. Hence, he must surround them with many reasons. So, so for me to change, I got to open myself to interference. But if I want to be free to continue to do what's wrong, I'm not opening myself up to any interference. Well, how do I keep the interference out? Reasons, strongholds that I put up to block me doing the wrong thing in my mind to justify my actions to be free to be disobedient. All right? This doesn't say that. I just wanted to explain. Okay? So, he dare not open them to interference, hence must surround them with many reasons. This is why men fail to believe in the Lord. They are often... They are so often imprisoned in the stronghold of some reason or another. An unbeliever may say, I'll wait until I become very old. Or many Christians do not behave too well. So, that, that may be, so one of my excuses is, well, I'm going to wait till I get older. After I've done everything. And some people may say, well, Christians aren't even minute. They compromise. They compromise. Man, they fake. They phony. Or my line used to be, well, I ain't going to church. Preachers just take your money. I had to come up with a reason not to go. As opposed to just not going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? And so this is what we do. Or not yet. I'll wait until my parents pass away. Then I'm going to get serious about the Lord. Similarly, there are reasons which believers may give for not loving the Lord. Students will say they are too busy with their lessons. Businessmen are too occupied with their businesses. The unwell feel that their physical health is too poor, and so on. Unless God destroys these strongholds, men will never be set free. Satan imprisons men, imprisons men by strongholds of reasoning. Most men are behind so many, uh, I'm sorry, most men are behind so many defensive lines, they are unable to break through to freedom. Only the authority of God can take every thought captive to obey Christ. There's more to it than that. But this is what happens. Think about it. Most of your arguments in a relationship is one person playing off one level of reasoning, the other person playing off another level of reasoning. No one's trying to be open to the truth. 
a lot of times we find ourselves in unhealthy situations because we've set up reasons and strongholds to keep people from telling us the truth for us to change and get more healthier. We've made a decision. We've gone down the road. Things aren't necessarily working out. We can't cut our losses because we've already committed and we got reasons to keep going. So we're not even listening to God. Right? A lot of us are not fulfilled because we can't share the truth and love to the people around us because we come up with reasons to justify their compromise and excuse us from speaking the truth and love. We're not trying to lay down our life to deal with all their defensiveness and their heat to give them the love anyway. We excuse ourselves from growing as a family in the church as it goes to, we call everything kindness. Everything's under kindness. Everything is under love. We don't forgot the chastisement, the reproof, the correction, all that stuff that goes with it. And we give ourselves a reason when God tells us, no, you need to tell that person the truth. They lying. You need to tell that person the truth. They lazy. You need to tell that person the truth. They're so busy over here talking about what they're doing, they're, looking at, they're not looking at what they're not doing. You see what I'm saying? Like, 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 you need to tell a person the truth. Like, okay, you keep making an excuse for drinking, but you blind as a bat. You couldn't see God's purpose if it was right in front of your face. So now this kind of makes sense why we operate the way we do. Because somebody's got to tell the truth. And, and, and it doesn't, ch- change happens through meditation and, and repetition. Your worldview is shaped by repetitions, information, authoritative voices in your environment. So how would someone convert some of those strongholds, give you repetitious information through an authoritative voice in a godly environment? So it speaks to Trina's point. She says, there's two things she said over maybe the last few weeks. She said, first when she came to church, it seemed like all we ever talked about was faith. It was faith, 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 faith. And then, so as she grew, she was like, I get it now, <laughs> right? Then the other thing she said the other day was, it was like, we talked about, obviously, we always talk about the word, but she, she was just saying just the emphasis was smoking, drinking, uh, lust. And she was, she was like, well, I'm not smoking, I'm not drinking, I'm not in lust. So why do I, why, why, why do I have to keep hearing this? But, but at the time, her life was her own. So she was trying to see what she needed. She couldn't see what we needed. And the reason why it was being discussed over and over and over, repetitious information, because you flush out what a person got through from meditation by giving them meditation to flush it out. That's why the Bible says meditate on the word day and night. Meditate means to chew on it. Over and over and over. You could chew on the same thing over and over and over and get something else out of it. I know that chewing gum, you don't get no more sugar out of it, but chew on the word, it seems like it keeps getting fresh. And more and more revelation. So you understand? It's not, it's not personal. Listen, we could be like like everybody else. We can we we could be about population, building a church through population, as opposed to building a church through people growing. We can't do that because people have strongholds. And and the only way we can attack that reason is with consistent truth. But 
Anybody that's been around this church will tell you, even if people continue to rebel and do what they want, there's still love from there. But you still got to give them the truth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. So that, that's, you want people to just find purpose. You want people to uh, get through that maze. You know what I'm saying? Lock in on God's compass to purpose. You want them to do that. They can't do it with all this junk. The junk that was given to them and the, the reasons they put in their mind to keep eating it. I'm not talking about food. That's why we're going through this process. That's why we spend seven weeks on this and keeping it real, you ain't even got half the notes. Honestly, that's why we have a school. Because we taught on rightly dividing the word. I was like, but they ain't even get an eighth of what it really takes to understand how to navigate through this Bible. So we went over there and we started taking our time and walking through how to interpret scriptures. Because everybody's glancing over stuff thinking they understand. Do that at your job. Glance over the specs for how to run that machine. Is it going to take you to get your finger cut off to realize you should have read it? Do that when you get your house. Just glance over stuff. What's this charge? It's the charge you signed up for that you didn't read. Does that make sense? All right, we stand on our feet. That's, that's enough for today.